This is Why We Plan, a podcast for business owners and their advisors about how to better plan for the exit from a business. Join us each episode as we discuss different elements of exit planning, including real life stories, challenges, and opportunities of owners and their advisors. to this episode of Why We Plan. With me today is perhaps the longest serving BEI trained exit planning advisor in the country who's recently retired actually. So I called upon Ken Stiefler. You can see his beautiful mug right there probably. <laughs> uh, he and I are going to talk about from the time when he left his financial and insurance practice entirely, went out and decided to be a fee-only exit planner selling no product, and how he evolved and grew that exit planning-based practice, because I think it's important for advisors to realize that's something you can do. You may not want to do it. Very few of our BEI members are fee-only exit planners, they usually have, they're a lawyer, they're a CPA, they're a financial advisor, et cetera. But Ken has uh, established that exit planning can be financially self-sustaining and lucrative and clearly more satisfying in his mind than being just a regular advisor. So Ken, thank you. Thanks for showing up today. I know that other than your t-shirt, you may not have, uh, you may have shorts on. I know you don't have shoes. <laughs> so that's one of the benefits of Zoom. Uh, tell us a little bit about um, your exit planning practice. How did you, when you decided to, to go solo and, and just be an exit planning advisor, how did you attract clients and, and how did you develop that practice? Because I, I know you were not an overnight success. Well, um, I had my insurance practice and my exit planning practice. They ran um, side by side, if you will. Uh, on my insurance practice, I had a website and I uh, had a drop-down box that said I did uh, transition planning. And I was doing that transition planning maybe one a year uh, mm -hmm. with you before you uh, left your, your law firm. So that dates back to the uh, early 1980s. Uh, and uh, the idea was that I, uh, I, I thought that that would help my, my insurance practice. And I was just uh, uh, kind of enticed by the work that you were doing that I, I wanted to be part of that part of that action. Uh, so that's, that's how I started. Uh, in some later years before I started a separate company to do uh, exit planning, uh, I stepped up my my game by trying to do you know, more exit planning and still maintain my insurance practice. Uh, at the very beginning, and, and I'm not trying to say that this is right, it's just something that fit me. Uh, I wanted to do more exit planning to bring in more insurance because uh, almost every exit plan that I did, there was an insurance component to it yeah. uh, to fund a buy-sell agreement or keep personal insurance. Uh, I did, and my wife loved that idea, uh, you know, to build up the insurance practice. And, and I had a very successful insurance practice, but uh, you know, it's always nice to have uh, it even grow even further. Uh, but uh, 
um, I did I, I did what I said I was going to do for maybe a year, and that's it. Uh, after a year, I recognized that I was feeling uncomfortable uh, selling product and and being the uh, an advisor. Uh, I know a lot of people are very successful at doing that. They don't have any uh, any problems whatsoever. But I stopped selling insurance. I would tell clients I have an insurance background. I know what the strategies are. I know uh, all the tools in the toolbox. But I will either recommend somebody to you or uh, I can use your insurance advisor if you have one. Uh, so uh, I really had two separate things going on. Uh, as I would build up my practice, and when I say build it up, uh, again, I had my insurance practice. Uh, uh, but I was probably doing maybe uh, two to three uh, engagements a year. Uh, I hired a marketing company because I really was having more fun in some of the latter, latter years because my insurance career went uh, almost 30 years that uh, I wanted to do more exit planning. And part of that marketing process was that uh, they surprised me and came out with a logo for um, what ended up becoming my company. I never uh, envisioned that I would have a, uh, a separate company. It was just going to be a drop down, uh, you know, the services that I had in exit planning or transition planning as part of my insurance practice. But when I, when I got, uh, saw this lo logo, Exits, the X-I-T-S, and we actually even uh, uh, got a trademark on it, I said, whoa, I'm going to have my, I'm going to have a separate company. So we had a, a website developed. Uh, uh, I, whatever the first year that you started BEI, uh, I was uh, in that first um, uh, first group of people that first year. So I've been to, I've been to every conference until I retired, uh, and uh, uh, I also um, with. Uh, with with getting into uh, this separate company uh, just found that uh, it, it, it helped me focus a little bit more on what I was able to do, uh, which is really to try to recruit. Uh, as you mentioned, I really didn't have a stable of advisors. Uh, I would be meeting with uh, two, three, four, five advisors uh, a, a week over breakfast. Uh, I started doing, um, you know, I'm sure it would give you great pleasure, but I started doing many, many business owner briefings. I used a, a lot of the uh, script and a lot of the, the, the basis uh, from the BEI. Uh, our marketing company kind of took it to a higher, or to a different notch, but, uh, uh, and I would, and I would, we gave uh, continuing education credit to three different disciplines. We encouraged them to bring business owners, uh, but um, for the first number of years, we would get lots of advisors, very few business owners. But uh, those business owners um, ended up, you know, a, a, a percentage of them, enough of them ended up becoming, you know, really wanted to play in this area. And uh, whether it was three years down the road or five years down the road, you know, they started bringing clients uh, to me to, uh, to do exit planning. So that's when you started exit planning. I mean, it, is that the point where you started to do exit planning only? No, I, I did this for about seven or eight years. Uh, and uh, when my wife graduated from college, she didn't start mm -hmm. until she was 42 years old. Uh, and she went to work for one of the, the world's largest environmental consulting companies as a structural engineer. Uh, 
designing water and wastewater treatment plants, she was making enough money and I was getting enough money from my residuals. And I, I don't know if I ever told you this, John, but uh, I one time I got kind of frustrated with getting a call saying I had to do some kind of compliance to maintain my variable uh, insurance license. And I was thinking, oh gosh, I, I hate going through these things. Uh, and I don't know anybody that likes going through all these compliance things. And I, I did a, I did a, uh, an analysis in my quick QuickBooks, which I have used for many years, to see how many new clients I had created in my insurance practice over the previous five years. And I found out that I had not created one new insurance client. They were all just residuals. They were all people that I could do turn conversions if they called me. And I said, hmm, it looks like I've really kind of already started to transition out of the insurance practice. I'm going to sell this thing. And I found a buyer uh, right away. And I, I got out of my practice and felt that uh, I had enough money coming in residuals. Uh, and I, that my wife was doing well, that I could now become just an exit planner. Uh, unfortunately, that year I, I, I had three clients that were ready to sign. They were all construction companies or uh, remodeling companies. Uh, and then the, the banking crisis hit and they all backed out. Uh, and so my first year I went without having really any clients. But I took that time to meet with all kinds of advisors, to do all kinds of briefings. Our website was getting a lot of people taking our uh, exit planning review, ordering white papers, ordering. I, because your office uh, was uh, close to mine, I would be making multiple stops uh, every month to get another five or six books uh, because we were getting uh, people who wanted to get, the, get your book. Uh, so um, I was I was building on the back end uh, with advisors in all different fields. Uh, uh, I was getting to know them. Uh, they, they would come to our business owner briefings. They would come to some of our ed other educational things that I started to do. They started to bring their business owner clients to these things. Uh, so uh, that's that's how I you know that's how I got out of the insurance business and into the. Uh, uh, just being a, a solo exit planner, not not selling any product whatsoever, and and many advisors would uh, would say, you know, I, I'll, I will certainly give you a percentage of uh, of this or that, and I I always turn those things down. I just did not want to have uh, any of those things, those conflicts, even if I was would divulge them, which I I just didn't even want to have back in the position after divulge that. So it sounds like you spent a lot of time and effort on building awareness of your exit planning practice with other advisors who had business owner clients. You gave a lot of briefings over the years using our PowerPoint presentations and our invitation forms. Uh, you used the newsletter. How many subscribers did you have to the exit planning review that you branded as your own towards, you know, at the height of your practice? Maybe even at the beginning. Uh, I, I may be off on this thing. It, it's been it's been a year and eight months since I was retired, but uh, you know, I I think that I was somewhere around seven or eight hundred, nine hundred people, which was a mix of of a lot of advisors, a lot of business owners. Um, I I always did my marketing on a very um, subliminal basis. I 
when people would get onto our newsletter, I would not reach out to them. I would let them absorb those newsletters. My first out-of-state client, I said, you know, how'd you hear about me? And he said, well, I've been taking your newsletter for 10 years. And when I showed up in New York, uh, uh, he had two binders full of, uh, of stuff and they had every white paper. Uh, he'd read your book. He had all every single newsletter. Uh, and uh, so, but I would ask, you know, the only time I would ever reach out to somebody is when they would order a book. They had to answer certain questions that told me whether what the size of their business was and if they were doing looking at an inside transfer or an outside transfer. And I would either email them or send them a note saying, if after you read the book, uh, if you have any questions or would like to discuss your situation, you know, feel free to give me a call. I won't I won't charge you for that call. But that's the only time I ever reached out. So when I would get new, and was that really successful? Oh yeah, it, well, it, once you fill up the pipeline, it sort of takes care of itself. And you know, so I would, from existing, from clients that I had, they would refer me to, but I'd never even ask for the referrals. It's, it's just that uh, as I, as my clients got larger, because large, the, the larger the clients, the more they like to brag about what they did. Uh, and because mostly I did inside transfers, uh, I did not stay with those business clients you know, the four, five, six, seven years that they may still be with the business. They've implemented the first part of their plan. Uh, but I would leave them once they had a plan and once I helped them put together the team. And I would encourage that uh, business owner to call that team together once a year so that everybody continues to be on the same page. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's kind of how I, how I work. Yeah, that's, the, that's, that's different than most of our advisors who stay with the owners as he or she moves through the transition process until they're out of the business. Yeah, no, I, I, it, it, it was always fun because that way I, I was always dealing with new people. Now there were some clients that were so enjoyable that just on a casual basis, I would not be charging. You know, we, I've been keeping in touch with my first out-of-state client in upstate New York that uh, finished their transition, uh, I think it was 15 years ago. I still talk to the whole family once, once a month, or once every other month, at uh, at the longest. So, uh, and I participate in their. Uh, they've done them for thirteen of fifteen years. They've had their end of the year um, advi all advisor meeting, and I I participate in that. I don't I don't fly out there. I just do it. I, I they bring me in via Zoom because everybody else is uh, right there in New York. Yeah. So. Um... What do I want to say here? Um, tell us about some of the tools that you use. In, in particular, uh, I think, Tor, you, you were, when you were at the height of exit planning, you, were, you had six to 10 exit planning clients at any one time. And since these clients were not real long-term, once you had done the initial planning, you had the advisor team in place and everything was running smoothly, you would back away from that relationship for the most part and work with other new clients. So you all were always working, it seems like, with six to 10 newish clients at a time. A uh, couple of questions. What did you charge those clients for doing a written exit plan? And, and what tools did you use to create that written exit plan? That's my first set of questions. Well, I, I, I believe I started out at, you know, it's almost everything, 
every plan I did was all the, all the components. Uh, I did not like doing one at a time type things. Mm -hmm. uh, in my insurance practice, I had somebody who died, you know, waiting to do something. And so I would basically say that uh, from my dealings with, uh, with John Brown over the years, you know, he would write his books about uh, people who did one thing and it, it, something else happened and it screwed up their whole plan. So I took the approach, if, you know, if during this course, it looks like you've done good work in certain areas, then, you know, I'll review it and we'll review it together. Uh, you may want to, you know, you may have done estate planning, but uh, when's the last time you updated it? And they say, well, it was about 15 years ago. So, uh, you know, it's, yeah. and, and their, their, their first spouse was the, still, you know, was still the beneficiary of their, their plans. Uh, you know, so I, I, I would, I, I kind of forgot what your question was. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, the, oh, I guess my question is, you're doing exit planning full-time. How did you manage to create the plans, monitor the plans, and how did you get paid for all of that? Well, okay, yeah, you were asking me. I, I would charge uh, back then $25,000 to do a plan, and I would charge additional amounts if I traveled, and I'd charge additional amounts if they had more than one partner who was not the next, you know, so because I would end up doing, working on estate planning and other things for every business owner. So I was getting between 25 and, and 30, 35,000. Uh, after probably three or four years, I increased that to 30 to $40,000. Um, but then when I would, in some instances, I would only I, I really verified that they had done all their estate planning. It was all brand new. And, but I would end up charging the full 30,000 regardless of what it is they were doing. That was just, you know, typically my fee. So, so how did, and you, if I was doing, did you collect that up front? Did you charge half at the beginning, half at the end? I, I would, uh, uh, I, they would send in their first, um, I, I would generally, I would ask them, I'd say, uh, you can send it in all at once because I had people who wanted to get the tax write off. Uh, yeah. And then, but I said, you can do this over, over 10 months. So it'd be, you know, typically 3000 or 3250, whatever it was per month. And that you would send in the first, uh, first payment with, with the signed uh, engagement letter. And I said, most of my engagements last uh, 12 to 14 months. So uh, you'll have finished paying me and we'll just continue on until, until we're finished as long as that's gonna take. Um, so that's how I got paid. Um, I was still getting residuals from my insurance practice, but not a great deal, but I, I felt like I was, I was doing fine. Uh, but there were really two things that, um, and they all feed into the BEI tools. Uh, but um, when I went out to see my first client in New York, I really did not have a game plan as to how I was going to work with that person. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they were delightful and they were very patient. But at the same time, I came back and there was a business coach who uh, I met with who wanted, asked me to do a, a class for uh, their, it was a type of coach that had, uh, a couple of different groups of like eight to 10 business owners. And I would charge for each one of those business owners. So I was getting about $40,000 to teach this class. And it'd be, 
one day, I think it was one day, a week or a month. It's been a long time since I did this. But in that process of doing that, I said, you know, I need to get organized because if I'm going to work with out-of-state clients, a lot of it's going to be on the phone. I, get, I need to organize myself. And for this coaching class, for this class that I taught to, to this business coach, I created like a college course. And, you know, they had a, um, a you know, for every week they knew what their reading assignments were going to be and what we were going to be discussed. And I would usually have one of the advisors who I was working with in Colorado become kind of a guest participant teaching that particular discipline. So this is where it all feeds into, um, into BEI, because I use that same concept of sending, uh, for my out-of-state clients, I created a Dropbox and I populated that Dropbox with the white papers, with the uh, exit planning review, with the fact finders, with Epic, uh, with uh, some other specific tools that it may have been a, a valuation thing. I mean, you know, so I, I had whole yeah. lots of things. So for people who don't, aren't familiar with some of those uh, terms, Epic is our software program that helps, that our advisors use to create the written exit plan. The XPR is the exit planning review, which is a newsletter that they send out branded as their own. And we have hundreds of those. I don't know how many we have, but we have hundreds. You might've just used a recurring 15 or 20, like a lot of our members do. Well, no, when, when we would get a new one from BEI, we would, we would just add that to our Dropbox. Yeah, okay. So, so Ken developed his practice and did his practice really using our tools, modifying them as you thought appropriate. Which is you can modify anything you want to. You don't have to just use our PowerPoint system and never change it. You might delete slides, add slides, modify slides, uh, but it's a template that gets you started and you change over time as you get more comfortable, as you learn more things, as it suits your personality, etc. Is that a exactly? Yeah, that's it. It's it, it, right. That's spot on. Uh, but I. The BEI tools, uh, I mean, when I would put all these things into Dropbox, but uh, I would send to my business owner, uh, you know, at the beginning of the week, the, and I followed the seven-step exit planning process from a timeline standpoint. So mm -hmm. we started out uh, doing step one, two, and three. So I would uh, say to them, you know, that I, this week, we're going to be talking about this and it may take us uh, two or three weeks, you know, so we'll just kind of advance it. But I want you to read these two or three exit planning reviews. And I want you to read this chapter of John's book. And I want you to read uh, the, this white paper, because I, I want you to, to have a, some sense of what it is we're going to be talking about before we talk. And, That's a great idea. Yeah, so I found that to be uh, very useful. And they could always go back because those things were all in their individual Dropbox things. So if they wanted to go back and read it again, they could. Uh, and then using, again, a BEI tool, uh, I would use the Epic Fact Finders. They were all in uh, their Dropbox already, but they were, all, they were all blank. And I 
as opposed to some people who want to sit there with a person for three or four hours asking them what their, their name is and their home address and uh, all this stuff, I would have, I would ask them to fill out whatever they were confident they knew the answers to mm -hmm. and then put it back into Dropbox so that I could review it before I talked with them. And then because sometimes I would say, mm, this doesn't sound quite right. And it's usually because of a misunderstanding. They thought they knew what they were talking, what they were talking about, but they, they were really confusing with something else. So they were putting together, you know, the fact finder. Uh, and, uh, you know, so again, all those, all those tools were BEI tools. Uh, and uh, those things, other than putting my logo on it, I really didn't have to alt alter those at all. And then I would put it into the ethics system. Uh, and when we would get to a point where I wanted them to take a look at a preliminary plan, I was able to edit in Epic, uh, to make it sound more like me and be able to, to do the full written plan. Now- Based on their fact pattern? Pardon? Yes. Would be based on the, the facts and information you gave them. Exactly. Or they gave me, then yeah. I helped them verify. But we, you know, during that whole period of time, we were putting together their team. Uh, they were always amazed, you know, the last few years I was working with some very large companies, at least large in, in my sense of things. Uh, but uh, they, the, the people that I was working with, uh, uh, the organization that the, 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 the BEI tools afforded me was, I, I couldn't have done it without it. Wow. So when you say a large company, are you talking company with 30 or 40 million of revenue or even more? Uh, my last, my last, my last two clients, which I, I don't know if you want me to go into this, but uh, when I finished, uh, when I decided I was going to retire, I had three clients that I, I knew that uh, I had to finish up with, but I told advisors, I let it out. I said, I'm, I'm going to accept one new client on January 1st, and I'll accept one new client on July 1st. I'm not going to find them. They have to, they have to qualify. There has to be three things they have to, to do for me to work with them. One is that they, it has to be an inside transfer. Two, they have to have found me because I didn't reach out to them. So they either sent an advisor to one of my events. They've been taking my newsletter. They took the book. Uh, they, uh, whatever. And the third thing is that they had to be fun. Because my la I told these people, I said, this may scare you, but uh, I've been doing this. I, I would tell them that other than John Brown, I'm the, I'm the second oldest exit planner, not age-wise, but number of years doing this. Because I know that the two of us were doing this thing back in 1985, 1986. Yeah, you know, before around. there was so, a BEI. Yeah, so, we're, you know, so I said, you know, so if, if you're concerned that I'm going to uh, not do a good job because you're my last client or my second last client, you know, I'll probably do the best so I, cause I want to go out feeling great. You know, so I started that. So that, that particular client was probably in the neighborhood of 50 to 60 million. But yeah. my, my last client that I started with on July 1st in, uh, in Oregon, uh, was probably about 110 million. And, um, that was, I, I really, really enjoyed my last two clients. They were, they were a ball. 
And I, I actually finished each one of those in six months as opposed to the 12 to 14 months. Well, you know, this is probably a good place to end our podcast, the end of Ken Stiefel's career. But I think, <laughs> you know, for those of you listening in, this, this is why we plan. Not, and it's, it's more than just benefiting the owner's lives, which is the, really the, the mission of BEI. But as you can see, Ken loved what he was doing. He, he made a difference in the lives of dozens and dozens of business owners. So Ken, thank you for the podcast. Thank you for your career in exit planning. Well, you're quite welcome. I enjoyed it. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to tune in for our next episode. If you'd like more information on better ways to plan for the future, please visit exitplanning.com.